0: hi this is mover scott from the imagination movers and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive it's jake's happy nostalgia show roll it
1: welcome to jake's happy nostalgia show the podcast where nostalgia comes alive since july of 2021 jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting directing writing puppeteering and many more who will they be chatting with in this week's interview Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. Glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Jake Deffenbaum. I'm your host, so Chris Pixby, and Matt Bingo. How you guys doing? Good, Jake. Good, Jakey. How you doing? That's great to here. I'm doing great. As always, thank you for asking, Chris, what do we have for today?
1: Our guest for today, uh, he is a a singer who a lot of you may know as one of the members of the boy band Dream Street. Um, Since Dream Street, he's also made a solo career and a whole bunch of other things, which we'll get into. And here he is, Greg Raposo. Greg, happy to have you here.
2: Thanks so much, guys. How's everyone doing?
1: Doing good.
0: Good. Good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. How about you?
2: All right. Happy to be here, guys. Thank you so much for asking me to come on.
1: Yes. yes,
0: of course, yes, of course, A pleasure.
1: absolutely. So, to start this off, could you tell our audience a bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Sure. Um, well, I'll tell you at least a part of what I do because I do a lot of different things. But so I got started in the in the music industry at a very young age, around nine years old. Uh, they called me the Elvis kid. Uh, Priscilla Presley actually invited me out to Graceland to perform. At Elvis's house, oh, and wow. the first live band that ever backed me up uh, at you know nine years old was actually Elvis's actual original band. It was uh, his drummer and his background singers. So that was like my introduction into you know the professional world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It kind of snowballed from there, and I started doing some off Broadway and Broadway stuff. And then that led me into becoming a member of the group Dream Street, which originally was actually supposed to be a Broadway show, which most people don't know. Um, So all five members of the group, we were sent that, you know, to that audition through our agents as we would any other Broadway show. Um, And the whole concept behind that show was, that it would be this you know young group of boys who wanted to be uh, you know a boy band and wanted to get on the radio um and then at the end of the storyline their song does get on the radio but then when you're driving home from seeing the broadway show and you turn the radio on like the song would actually be on the radio um so it's kind of like around the time reality tv was was blowing up and um so they were trying, the concept was kind of like a reality Broadway sort of thing. Um, but then the uh, reality just moved a lot faster than the Broadway aspect of that um, concept. So before we knew it, we were just a real boy band. We were out there doing, doing our thing. Um, it was a very short stint, to be honest. It was probably only like two years of my life. Um But here we are 20 plus years later and people still want to ask me about it and talk about it. So um, it was obviously, you know, meaningful. Um, I love talking about it. But since then, um, you know, I I grew up playing guitar and writing my own music. So to be really honest, um, my dream was always to be in a band and to perform my own music. So when Dream Street broke up, uh, I was not heartbroken about it if if anything i was actually really excited to have established the network and the fan base that it um gave us and you know move forward with my real dreams so i you know had a career as a solo artist i've been in a lot of different bands um and even still to this day i'm writing music i work with a group out of nashville i'm there every few months recording a lot of the music we write goes out for publishing um but i still you know do my own thing and I, I mean i last night i was hanging out with matt and frankie from dream street oh nice we were, wow you know, shooting the nice. shit and talking about what kind of uh what kind of uh things we might want to do moving forward um we recently released a dream street song in honor of one of our fallen members and it got a lot of great feedback So we're kind of in this interesting, uh, place where we don't know what we're doing, but to be honest, uh, you know, it's just about having fun and it's about enjoying life. I have many day jobs, more than one. Um, and so I'm fortunate that I can pursue music in a capacity that is honest to, um, my artistry and not for any other reason other than you know real pure enjoyment and um you know i'm writing i write songs for my kids i write songs for my wife i write songs you know that i hope will inspire people and it's kind of my way of you know trying to shine my light in the world um, versus some other artists who you know, might have to write a song to put food on the table, uh, which I I, I took a crack at, but it's, you know, that wasn't for me. Um, So, yeah, I'm still very busy, um, you know, living my best life. And I have a new album actually coming out in August. It's an album that I recorded in Nashville, and uh, it's going to be titled City Country, And, you know, it has a mix of pop, rock, and even a little bit of country in there.
0: Nice.
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, I got married almost 10 years ago, but I've been with my wife for maybe close to 20 years now. Um, And she's a big country fan. And so I always used to tell her when we were younger, I was like, oh, when we're old and in our 30s, I'm going to write and record a country album for you. And so now I'm almost in my 40s. So uh, I had to get that album out before it's too late.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so
2: (laughs) now in terms of uh, Dream
1: Street, what was kind of like the audition uh, process like for that?
2: I mean, it was the same audition process as it would be for any Broadway show, meaning, you know, you send in a tape. You, you know, go in, you slate your name, they're filming you, you do a song, there's a bunch of people sitting behind a table. Um, The interesting story there is there was actually a group before Dream Street called Boy Wonder. And Mm -hmm. that consisted of myself and Chris and three other guys. And we had been cast into the original group and we worked all summer long. And at the end of the summer, did a show for all of these record label executives. And there was a very common um, critique that they, you know, liked Chris and I, but wanted to recast the group. So that's when they, you know, held a new round of auditions. Um, And the funny thing is that Chris and I already knew we were in the group, but because of uh, the recording and then wanting to have, you know, the right footage for it. We were kind of in there pretending like we were auditioning again, even though we had already been working with the producers for a year at that point. Um, So it was definitely a cooler audition, I think, for the two of us. Um, But yeah, they whittled it down to like the top eight, you know, and then eventually, you know, the top five. And then we, you know, just started practicing every night, you know, five, six days a week. Um, to be honest, our parents really deserve a lot of credit because they were the ones driving us in and out of the city every single day and then dropping us off at rehearsal and then having to wait around for two, three hours and, you know, and bringing us home. We were minors. We were kids. Right. So it was definitely a very, you know, a, a, a team effort on a lot of people's parts.
3: Definitely. Absolutely. So in 2001, Dream Street's debut album was released. I'm curious. Of course, we've had way different technology than we did back then compared to now. What was it like getting you to record that first album?
2: So I had recorded a bunch of albums already at that point, even though I was only like 12 or 13, because I had been in the industry since I was, you know, nine um it wasn't really new to me um you know the studio where we recorded it wasn't really anything crazy fancy i I definitely had recorded in some bigger better studios um if anything the more enjoyable process i think was working specifically with the songwriters um because they were the ones who really like I, i remember they would give us each these CDs with our harmonies on it, but it would only have the harmony part of each member. So I would get a song and learn it, not even knowing that the part I was learning was necessarily a harmony. For all I knew, that was the lead vocal. That was the the main melody of, of the song, which in many cases it wasn't. So, you know, we would learn our parts individually. And then when we'd come in, And they'd count us off and we'd all just start singing what we've been practicing. And then all of a sudden, like magic, we were harmonizing. Um, That was a very cool experience because, you know, it wasn't like we were figuring, like trying to figure out, oh, who's going to sing what or, you know, how, what's the harmony here or anything like that. It was already all predetermined and we even learned it that way. So when we came together and just started singing and everything was perfectly in harmony and like sounding together, um that was probably the more exciting experience than even like recording in the studio
1: hmm. definitely
3: mhm now i'm I'm curious uh do you have any favorite songs from that first album?
2: uh yes, I would say. My favorite song to perform was Feel the Rain, mostly because they had incorporated somewhat of a striptease uh, for me in that song that I always really enjoyed. Um, But then my favorite song on the album to like kind of just rock out to when I'm driving in my car would would probably be I Say Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm hmm
2: definitely
0: yes so i'm so i'm kind of so what was your your, you know your overall reaction when the debut album hit the billboard charts
2: you know we were we were so young that we didn't really care too much about billboard charts or (laughs) anything like that I think where we really felt like our wow moments was when our shows started selling out. And like, I specifically remember this one time um, where we were doing, we were recording some kind of video and actually it was all staged. Um, All the girls in the crowd weren't really even fans. They were like family members and friends of friends And they were basically getting paid in pizza for being there. But we would come out to uh, (laughs) do our performance and they would tell them, like, hey, we need you guys to, like, scream. We want you to, like, really play into this so that, you know, it looks good for the cameras. Um, And so at that point, I had only done, you know, Broadway stuff where people lightly clap or if you're lucky you get a standing ovation or i've done you know different sorts of shows where you know you you didn't have screaming girls um and so i think when we first started experiencing that like i remember the first time just like getting chills um and like you know all the hair on my arms just like sticking up and being like whoa what <laughs> is going on here um so I feel like the magic and the real excitement was more those experienced than like, Hey, your song made it to the billboard charts. And it was like, Oh, yeah. okay. You know, but look <laughs> at that hot girl over there who was screaming yeah. at me. Right. Like, you yeah. know, so, so it was, it was probably more the the live shows and the touring and the meet and greets where you'd have girls waiting for hours on end to meet you. And then they'd come up to take a picture and they'd be shaking. And it's like, what are you, what's, what is happening here? Like, you know, like you don't have to like, register. Um, so it's, it is, it is very, you know, it's shocking to be honest. Um, we didn't, we didn't last long enough to have really, uh, for it to have ever gotten old. Hmm. Right. So, cause it was only a few years, um, you know, it was always very exciting. I mean, I would I would really times that I'd be, like, going to the mall uh, in high school, and I would recognize fans because, you know, it's the same girls coming again and again, and, you know, there's the same faces in the front row. I remember a few times, like, seeing a fan walking through the mall and being like, oh, I'm going to get her, and, like, coming up behind them and, like, putting my hands over their eyes, be like, guess who? And they'd like turn around <laughs> and then just like lose their shit. But like, I would get just as excited <laughs> as they would. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it, man. Like it was, it was, you know, the memories could not be topped or replaced. It was definitely Absolutely. a couple of the most, uh, you know, special years of my life.
1: Definitely. And um, so, so the success of your first album was followed by uh, numerous TV appearances because you appeared on uh, different uh, talk shows and like different televised events. Can you kind of talk about doing those?
2: A lot of those televised events and news stories I did, to be honest, I did a lot more of that before Dream Street. Um, that Elvis thing that I touched on. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of press from that. And I did a lot of different. I was like Maury Povich. Well, Maury Povich was Dream Street. I did Sally Jesse Raphael as a, you know, little guy. Um, You know, when you do so much after a while, it all like blends in together. Um, But I I became very busy um, with Radio Disney post dream street yeah, as like nice. a radio disney artist. So I was on a lot of radio disney tours. I did a lot of tours with Aaron Carter. Oh, um, rest in peace. And I yeah, and, and and you know what? I even one of the cool things I got to see was a lot of people like before they were big. Um like the Jonas Brothers had opened for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm. twice you know, and then wow. obviously before they, you know, before they blew up, but it, it's mm-hmm. cool to have kind of like been around for that long to, you know, I think simple plan opened up for me once before they blew up. Um, so it was cool to see artists become so successful that, you know, you have performed with, or that had even opened for you. Um and like even Jesse's success has been you know so great to see and, and something i've been very proud of oh yeah because you know it just goes to show how close it all is to um to me you know it's just like uh, arms an arm's distance away um so yeah man it's been it's been a really cool journey that's uh, why I'm still on it. I just, I just really love it.
0: Nice, that's awesome. That's that's amazing. Moving on to the touring aspect, do you have like any favorite touring locations?
2: Ooh, good question. You know, a lot of people think when you're touring, you're seeing so much of the places you're going to. In reality, you're in a bus or you're in a van. You go to a venue, you go to the gas stations, McDonald's, fast food, um <laughs> and that's kind of, and then you're on to the next place, right? So, I don't think it was ever so much about the places that I would go to as much as it was the people that I would go to. So, like, I had a great fan base in Chicago. I would always love performing out there just because of the energy they brought. I had a great fan base in Pennsylvania that I would always love, you know, to go see. Um, you know, obviously my local New York fan base, New Jersey, you know, the East Coast is, is really where I spent most of my time. Um, but I think it was more the people than the places that made a difference, to be honest.
1: Of course, definitely.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So similarly, do you have any interesting... I I know it's kind of strange saying, because I know you just mentioned, like, you get to a gas station, get to the venue, on to the next city. But do you have any uh, fun or interesting stories from performing on the road, whether it be from Dream Street or even your solo career?
2: Of course. I mean, there are countless you know fun stories it'd be hard to to pick one out um yeah i mean it's just countless countless stories um and they would really vary especially like as we got older and we started getting into more trouble um
0: (laughs) so you know
2: being on tour with your best friends you know, that was always my favorite part, honestly, about being in a group versus being a solo artist because I've experienced both worlds. Um, you know, all of us guys in Dream Street, like, we were tight. You know, we were good for We were hanging out last night, you know? Um, and so it, it is a whole nother level of enjoyment when you are doing things with friends, naturally, you know? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Post Dream Street, my first go at, at a solo career I had these like studio musicians who don't get me wrong, were incredibly talented, but they were all adults. And I was like this 16 year old kid who was like trying to get girls' phone numbers, you know? Um, And these dudes were like (laughs) married with kids. Um, And so there definitely came a point where I was like, you know, yes, it is. It's cool to have this amazing band, but like, I kind of want like more of a garage band. Like I want like friends. I want to have guys my age that I'm touring with. And so eventually, you know, we made some changes and one thing led to a next and, you know, all my dreams came true and I was touring with my best friends and writing music with all my best friends and, you know, the relationships that I created, um, you know, that still lasts to this day and will, and will last a lifetime. I mean, my My main co-write and guitar player is, uh, you know, one of my son's godfather. Um, So, you know, these are relationships that really, you know, are very meaningful to me. Um, So, yeah, I think I think doing stuff as a group is um, it's more fun, you know. And, And again, it always is it a business or, you know, is it about making money or is it about having a good time you know so uh, that has a lot to do with it but thankfully um for the most part it's always been you know my focus more has been on enjoying myself than you know making a career out of it
1: absolutely and are there any like so as a boy ben are there any like wacky like crazy fan reactions you've received over the years yeah
2: (laughs) yeah there's there's a ton of them um, what's a what's a funky one? I don't know there's 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 a bunch. I mean, I one thing that I remember my dad being upset about is that uh some fans had like found out where my parents lived and oh. and, and would end up coming by and stealing the grass from our lawn What? <laughs> that's interesting they would like they would literally like, like cut out patches of of my parents lawn um that's kind of strange um,
3: that is
2: strange yeah so there's a lot of weird A lot of there's some pretty weird stuff that's occurred um yeah i mean that's just off the top of my head I, if i thought more about it i probably could come up with some other good stuff Um, but you know, at the same time, like it was all just so exciting, you know, I, I, I can understand how for some people who are in that industry, you know, and have to live a life like that for years and years and years on end, how that could take a turn for the worse. Um, but I'm fortunate that, you know, that wasn't my experience, you know, I, I was, You know, always just super pumped. Kind of like I said before, if if somebody got recognized me, I think I was probably more excited about it than they were. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, good stuff.
1: Definitely,
3: absolutely. Going to somebody's parents' house is creepy, but stealing their grass. I know that's
1: the new one. What we (laughs) used to to have?
2: um, We used to have code words. So when my friends would call the house, they would have to say the password, to uh, you know, to get me on the phone because we would have oftentimes, you know, people would would get your number somehow, and we'd have fans calling the house and all kinds oh of stuff. God. And so if you didn't know the password, you know, just like little little funny things that uh, <laughs> you know, I guess are abnormal.
3: Yeah 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 absolutely um so in 2020 uh, as you had mentioned earlier we uh, sadly lost one of uh, dream streets members chris truesdale um uh, died pretty young too uh, could you share some of your fondest memories from getting to know and work with chris
2: yeah of course that's an easy one chris and i were in broadway kids together Before Dream Street, Chris and I were in Boy Wonder together, the, the, the group before Dream Street. Um, Chris was one of my longest time friends. Um, and so we really grew up together and, um, you know, in, in, within Dream Street, Chris was by far the most, um, talented dancer and experienced. And so he was instrumental in um, us following him and watching him to remember the moves. I mean, in all honesty, when our choreographer was teaching us moves, I mean, he would she would just show him once and he would know exactly what to do and remember it. And then we would have to drill it a thousand times before we like knew what to do.
3: So in all honesty,
2: he became almost like the second choreographer to the group. Whereas, you know, she would be on one side of the room, he would be on the other. And then the four of us with left feet, with two left feet, would just kind of be like watching the two of them and and trying to mimic them. Um, But aside from his talent, um, as a person, Chris was just like, um, you know, like the song that that we released for him is titled smile. Um, And when I think of Chris, his smile is one of the first things that come to mind because he would just have, you know, he was just like so bright and um, you know, we all have our demons and we all have our, our things. So it's not to say that, that those didn't exist, but you know, he was just a lot of fun. Like he had no shame. Like he would do things like there'd be a super hot girl. And like, you know, we'd be like really nervous. Oh, I can't tell he would be like, Oh, I got this, you know? And he would just walk up to anybody and say anything. And, um, you know, I always really looked up to him for that. Um, and he was just a lot of fun. And, and, um, You know, I miss him a lot. I was just at a wedding a couple of weeks ago where he uh, had actually introduced the the couple that was getting married. Um, And so he was, you know, memorialized very much so in the wedding ceremony. And it was, you know, it was a wedding that he obviously would have been at. um, And the whole time being there, you know, I just kept like thinking about him and, and thinking about how we would have been hanging out in that moment. Because he he moved to L.A. after we broke up, um, so we didn't really I didn't really see him for a long time. And um, last time I saw him actually was on my honeymoon. I was on my way back from a trip around the world, and we stopped in California, and um, I saw him. We grabbed a bite to eat. That was like nine years ago, and uh, but I was lucky to have had a conversation with him uh, not too long before he passed because I had heard through the grapevine that he was going to be in New York, Um, and so I called him to actually give him some shit and be like, "Bro, what is this? You're coming to New York and you're not like coming over and you're not going to like crash at my place. You're not going to come have dinner with us. Like, what, what? WTF, man?" Um, and he was like so happy to hear that I wanted him to like come over. It actually kind of made me feel a little sad because I was like, What do you mean I wouldn't want you? Like, why would I not want you to come over? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and so you know, that was important to me because at least you know, I had that opportunity to kind of just like you know, let them know that, you know, still love them and, and, uh, you know, wanted to be in touch, but you know, it's hard these days, you know, I got, I got four kids at home. I got like three, four different jobs I'm running around doing all the time. You're busy. I mean, that's, it's life. That's, it's how things go. So you don't see people and you don't talk to people as often as, as you did when you're younger, but it doesn't necessarily change, uh, the feelings that you have for them.
1: Definitely. Right. Yeah.
0: So recently, you've you've reunited with the other Dream Street members for some new Dream Street material. Can you talk a bit about that?
2: Yeah, so um, music for me is more than just fun. It's a therapy. Um, And when Chris passed, uh, I think I probably got hit the hardest being that, you know, we had grown up for so long mm-hmm. and we knew each other for so long. Um, and so, you know, that was a song that I had written with, um, my songwriting partner and we write every week. Um, and it was something that, you know, we had, I had written because I like needed to, and in, in all honesty, it was like, I had to just get it out. Um, And then um, we actually we call them the dream wives, Uh, but they all, you know, all of our wives, significant others have connected and they know how much us boys would love to hang out. So they actually put together a trip for us um, where we all went out to Montana and we just like, you know, hung out and had a really good time. And it's unfortunate that it takes a tragedy to kind of like wake you up, essentially. Um, but it did. And it made us really realize that, you know, you you don't know how many days you got. And, you know, you do need to prioritize making the time to see the people that you care and love. And so that's kind of where it really just came from. Um, you know, and then I was just, you know, naturally... I brought it up to them and um, they listened to the song. They were into it. They wanted to do it. It wasn't really, to be honest, I did not intend for it to be a Dream Street song at all. It was the song that I wrote that would have probably just been on this album that I'm releasing next month, which will actually have an alternate version of the same song on the more country style version. Um, nice. And so, what you know, originally it was just something I was doing, um, but but obviously I wanted to, you know, give them the opportunity if they wanted to be involved in it, and they did. And then one thing led to another. Um, I when I, I did like a teaser video when we were like recording at Frankie's house, and it got a lot of buzz, and I started getting a lot of phone calls from different people. One of them being the Dream Street producers, and he was like, "What are you guys doing?" You know, and he's been pushing forever to try and get us to do like another song. Um, and so I let him know what was up. And then I, you know, I sent him the song. He wanted to hear it. And he told me, he's like, listen, I wasn't planning on offering this because I don't know what the hell you guys were doing. He was like, but to be honest, I really like the song. Um, and, you know, for that reason, you know, I would like to offer it if you guys want, to use the name and use the actual Spotify account and release it as dream street, um, which kind of like came out of the blue and, and we were like, cool. That's awesome, man. Like, to be honest for me, just knowing like how much dream street meant to Chris, um, that really was like the cherry on top of, of the whole thing. Um, and I think it came out great. I'm really proud of it. I, I made a little music video, Uh, You can see on my YouTube page. Um, And really, it was just about, you know, trying not wanting to honor him. Um, And then even like for myself, it was just the therapeutic way of, you know, just getting a lot of those feelings out, those memories and and then also, you know, sharing them with all the people out there who relate. Um, And so, again, like that's what music is about for me. It's just it's it's about um you know meaning and light and inspiration and um and so yeah it's just it's not something i could ever imagine myself not doing
1: right right so so after dream street you mentioned you uh, ventured into having a solo career how did that kind of come into play
2: the solo career was a very natural thing because i had always been writing my own music um I had written a song which I intended to pitch to the Dream Street producers as a Dream Street song. And before I went to go pitch it to them, I wanted to record it professionally so it sounded good. So I was in the studio recording this song, and this was all while the like court stuff was going on. And we didn't really know what was going to happen. But, you know, I, we're 16 years old. like That was my parents' problem. I wasn't like really worrying about it um and then we ended up breaking up so that didn't happen but one of the interns at the studio approached me and was like hey man so question like when you um go to perform these songs live like how do you plan on doing that because this is like kind of more of like a live band thing are you gonna like sing to tracks or are you like trying to have like a band play this behind you and it, and I, it hadn't even occurred to me I like that wasn't even like where my mind was. I was still like just in Dream Street World, you know? Um, and I was like, I don't know, but that's a really great question. Like, I have to think about it. And he was like, Well, like, you know, I play bass and and my buddy's a drummer and my other buddy's a guitar player. Like, if you want, like we could like these songs, they're they're rocking, man. Like, if you want, like we'll get together and just like jam out. And I was like, All right, like, cool, let's do it um and that guitar player that he brought that's my my son's godfather now um and so that's kind of where you know how it how it happened it just was like a very natural thing and it's kind of like a snowball you know one thing just leads to the next to the next and before you know it you're almost 40 years old with four kids and you're you know releasing music albums for fun definitely
0: absolutely. So going back to albums in two thousand three, you released your yourself titled debut album. Can you talk a bit about that? Uh, in two
2: thousand three, yeah. So that was the album where, like, the a lot of those songs, you know, from the studio that I that I mentioned. That was that was on that album. I think that song was "My Life." It was like the first song and looking for love. Um, but then I got connected with a like a really professional producer and a really professional studio. Uh, I got signed to a a small independent label. And, um, you know, for me, that was where I really started to feel like I was doing what I was meant to do. Um, Like I said earlier, I was never a dancer, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved dancing. I loved being on stage. I loved ripping my shirt off and and making (laughs) people scream. But like, in terms of, like, identity and, like, who I, like, I've always felt I was, you know, I'm a songwriter, I'm a guitar player, I'm a performer. Um, and so doing that first self-titled album was really a step in the direction that I always really saw for myself.
1: Definitely.
3: Absolutely. So aside from music, you've also done a lot of charity work including with the charity organization kids need more for those who are not aware can you kind of talk about what kids need more is about and what your work is with the organization
2: to. yes absolutely so kids need more is an amazing charity where they um put together the it actually it does go year-round but i've always been involved with them over the summers and their camp programs um but essentially it's a camp for kids and and their siblings with terminal illnesses and rather than these kids living their last days in a hospital bed in a you know hospital somewhere they're out in this like camp setting with camp counselors and and events, and um, you know, bouncy castles, and and you know, beautiful scenery, and and just having fun. Um, and then obviously, it's all done under the guidance. Like they have a medical staff on hand, and there's and they're prepared for you know all the complications that would come with with that. Um, but it was something that you know a long time ago, someone from the camp had reached out to me, asked me if I would be interested in coming to perform for the kids, um, I did. And when I went there, I was just like in awe of what they were doing. Um, I, I definitely have a soft spot for kids. I've always, um, I think I've always been that way. And so I just, uh, really connected with it. I really felt the impact it was making. Um, and I've, you know, done my best to to make it like an annual thing where I go there and I perform. I haven't um, in the past few years, um, but instead, you know, anytime I'm I'm doing any show or I'm, you know, raising any kind of money, then um, you know I typically will will send it there. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but definitely check them out. KidsNeedMore dot org. Um, you know, there's a lot of great charities out there, but I can tell you firsthand that they are legit and what they're doing is incredible and they work all off of donations. Um, and it's a really special thing, um, and, and, and an honor for me to, you know, be involved in any capacity that I can be with them.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And b- before we're going to start wrapping up soon, you're actually part of a song, Three is a Magic Number.
1: Yes. Which is from mi-
0: like Mickey, doing Donald, Groove and Three Musketeers, and Schoolhouse Rock.
2: Uh, like I don't even remember tonight? the Schoolhouse of Rock, to be honest but I believe you Um, (laughs) and and the three is a magic number. It's funny you you say that because that song is like my uh, (laughs) I don't know what, what to call it, but um, because it's on the goofy movie um, it's gotten, it gets a lot of plays. And so um, when Disney released it on Spotify and they put me on there as a featured artist, naturally it comes up on my, artist page and you know between me and you my goal in life uh you know i try to keep keep my you know not not set my standards too high but but this is an actual real goal of mine that damn song is always number one on my most popular list of songs if you go to my spotify artist account and you see like the most popular tracks three is a mother effing magic number is always number one <laughs> and it's Crazy because it's like the last song i ever want anybody to hear as a first impression of like me and what i do um and i just oh i have gosh. not been able to beat it and so it's just funny that you bring it up because um you know that is a, a very serious legitimate goal of mine is to write a song and just to get it to be more popular than that damn song so that <laughs> when you go to my spotify <laughs> account it is not number one that is if if i accomplish that i will have accomplished what i've really uh wanted to
1: <laughs> definitely so now, are there are there any projects you're currently working on that you can share?
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, I got the new album coming out. Um, it was supposed to be August fourth. We might push it back to August eighth. Haven't decided yet, but it'll be early August. I'm going to be going back to Nashville in November. To start work, you know, recording some more material. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was hanging out with Frankie and Matt last night. We were doing some stuff um, so that you know is to be determined what happens there we'll see um, and you know I, I write music every week um, I, I've kind of reunited with one of my old bands the Dead Celebrities we had recorded an album in 2009 uh, that never got released and so before I released my City Country album I felt like I had to get that off the shelves. And so I I had recently released that album. Um, I've been having a lot of fun making, you know, random music videos for it. Um, I've got another music video in the queue that will probably get released within the next couple of weeks from that album. Um, So just, you know, in terms of what's to come, it's going to be a lot of new music and I'm going to be playing shows as often as I can. and and having a good time and hopefully making a difference and and you know making people feel good
3: nice fantastic so to anyone to anyone watching or listening what would you like to say to those who've supported your work throughout your career dream street and your solo career so
2: legitimately i i had you know a lot of the girls uh who have been with me for so long um we're like friends, you know where it's not even like this fan artist relationship at this point like they're where they are my friends they, we text each other they help me out you know to run the door um and so one of my my really long-term friends lauren was messaging me the other day and she was just saying like you know how, how much she just enjoyed being at a show and how it like brings her back. And, and you know, I was really straight up with her. I was like, I gotta be honest with you. You know, you are the reason I still even can put on a show, you know, like you, you, in New York city, nobody's going to book you if you can't bring at least 10 people. Um, And so that support, um, you know, that makes, it gives me the ability to continue being the person that i've always dreamed and wanted to be and so if you think about how meaningful that is um you know they literally you know make it like they make my dreams come true like quite literally um and so you know yeah, all I could say is, is like, you know, thank you is not even enough. Um, and I'm just so honored to have people who have, you know, stuck with me for, for so long. It's, it's really a very special, amazing thing.
1: Definitely. Hmm. So if people would like to connect with you, where can people find you?
2: I'm all over most social media channels. So if you got my name, you type it into Google. You'll find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I got a website, uh, Greg Music dot So I'm. I'm. Uh, I. I would like to think I'm pretty accessible. Um. So yeah, reach out. I'd love to connect and chat with people and and uh, you know have a good time.
1: Absolutely. Links to that will be awesome. in the description. So. So the last yeah, question. Empire, yeah. Yes, the last question that Jake's about to ask is the question that we ask all of our guests at the end. Go ahead, yes. Jake.
0: Yes, that's, yep. You always do. <laughs> so, of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Mm-hmm. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or in your own words, how would you define toward nostalgia?
2: How would I define my nostalgia? Yeah. Yeah. I would define my nostalgia, it depends really on what part of my life I'm being nostalgic about, right? So like when I was a like a little kid, you know, I was a huge Ninja Turtles, Kiwi Herman, Ghostbusters guy, you know? So the first thing that pops into my head when I think of the word nostalgia are probably those three um those would probably be my big three ghostbusters ninja turtles and pb Um but if we're talking nostalgia like you know as a performer um and in that capacity then yeah dream street would would be most likely what defines my nostalgia
1: definitely great to send on well greg thank you so much for taking the time to do this this was a blast all
0: right guys thank you so much uh, yeah, cute. and and DJ and DJ Bob he says he said hi. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: please tell him I said what's up. That's my
1: dude over there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he yeah, great friend of our he friend of Yes. Well enjoy the rest of your day, Greg. I'll let you know when this goes up.
0: Yes, yeah, so and thank you so much for what you've done. And can we, can I read what's next for you? Thank you
2: guys so much. I'll cool. right.
1: talk to you. Thank thank don't you. be a stranger. <laughs> we won't. All right, take, no, never, take care. Enjoy the rest no. of your day, Greg.
0: <laughs> later, <laughs> later All
1: right, later.
0: later. See you. Greg. Take care.
1: Bye. Uh, it's goodbye from us as well, folks. Yep. Absolutely yep. Uh, with Greg our Pozo.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. Check out amazing. check out his new album coming out soon. Really excited about it. Um. Also yes. check out his charity as well. Uh, yes. Wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful charity. Check it out as well. Yes, but it's goodbye absolutely. from us. What do we say, Jake? Keep nostalgia alive. Take care, everyone.
0: See you next time. Amazing morning episodes. As always, see you next time for that.
3: Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.